Welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and on this episode, we talk to the future, or not the future, the mayor, mayoral candidate, Fleming Moore. Yeah, he's in the studio. We're going to talk to him. Um, I did not talk about any beer on this episode. Fleming does not drink. I did have a beer, and that beer was uh, Sycamore. Mountain Candy Indian Pale Ale. But anyway, Fleming and I sat down and talked about uh, his plans for the town of Somerville. So enjoy this episode. Enter into Dales and Garden. All are welcome here. We're gonna have a craft conversation. Please lend us an ear. Come on and join the circle. No beginning or end. We're gonna have a Craft conversation here among friends. Come on, y'all, join the party. There's no judgment in here. We're gonna have a craft conversation. Tommy got a free t-shirt. That's that's absolutely correct. <clears throat> so what's going on, man? We are live. Not live. Yeah, we we're are. recording. We're live. We're live. They won't. Hopefully, they'll be alive when this. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be alive. <laughs> and if they're not, we won't. We won't know it when you post this. You know? Right. And uh, when are we posting? Friday. Yes. What's the date on Friday? May. Friday would be the twenty fourth. Right. May twenty fourth. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, it's May twenty fourth. Or after. Or after. You might need to pull that mic in then. All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Hello there. Hello, YouTubers and podcasters and iTunes and Google Play and Spotify and Podbean, all those guys. We're on all those guys. We just got back from the Green Barn Jam. Is that the official name? The Green Barn Jam in Carnes Crossroads Community, right up there. Uh, the old green barn has moved closer to Somerville. It, yeah, so you mentioned place. that when we were out there. So that barn used to be, I mean, that actual barn used to be somebody else, somewhere else? It used else? to be actually Carnes Crossroads. Okay, is, a little further down the road. 176 hit 17A. That was Carl Carnes Crossroads. And the barn was right there on the same side of the road in that same uh, quadrant. Yeah. Right there where they intersected. And then they moved it and built a neighborhood with lots of nice houses. Hmm. And uh, 
But it's the same barn. I mean, they didn't same reconstruct barn, it. They man. just picked I'm it up. I, I used to, I remember that barn from when I was a kid. That's it's awesome. A cool barn. And this was put on by the uh, by Eddie White, same guy that does All and All Green on Wednesday nights. All and All and uh, Coco Productions, which uh, or Goco. I apologize if I got that wrong, but they're they're doing it. So it's uh, it's happening right up the street outside the city limits of Somerville in beautiful Goose Creek, South Carolina. It's uh, that's good. fantastic. Your mic still needs to come closer to you. I'm looking at your levels. All right. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Just want to hear you, Fleming. I want to hear what you got to say, man, because well, I'm sure you got some some stuff to say today. I'm very soft spoken. You know this. I know, and it is late at night. You've had a long day. We've been out in the sun all day. Yeah, every time I do one of these is after <laughs> a, a marathon gig, and it's been a marathon weekend, man. It started yeah. off Friday. I was uh, on set. At an undisclosed location that I can't talk about, but right, because you know, you're an actor. Background acting is called extras to some people, but it's uh, fun <laughs> and it's uh, it's cool. It's, uh, but you sign an NDA, so you can't really talk about what's going on with that. But it's people are aware that the Righteous Gemstones is filming here in Charleston, and right. uh, so it's uh, Danny McBride's a funny guy and. Uh, I think people will enjoy it. Good. So I did that Friday, Saturday. I was across the street in Hutchinson Square doing the uh, voter registration drive. Tanner and I played for a couple hours, and then you were here last night. Oh yeah. That was Blue Spirit in Studio 117. Right. Yeah, that's where we're uh, recording from today. Studio 117 here at Homegrown Brew House, 117 South Main Street. And uh, hence the name, Studio 117, because that's the address here. So, yeah, we had our, uh, what, February, March, April, May. That was the fourth show, right, that we've done back here Yes, and uh, it with was, Blue Spear last night. Whoa. Yeah. It's big time. People that have never been to, to Homegrown or even back here, I think, had a really good time. Yeah. People were amazed at, at the space back here, for one, and then just at the, the setup, the lighting, the, the backdrop, and the band, of course, was phenomenal. So... And, and a cool mix of people, uh, people from their 70s down to their 30s were hanging out listening to some good music. Yeah. Shout yeah, a cu- couple girls might have been, not even 21, I don't know. Uh, it was no, some young no. girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's not true? I don't think so. I, I, no, we wouldn't allow them in. Would, would, wouldn't allow that. Yeah, it's a family joint, but not back here in the studio. All right. This is uh, 21 and over back here, so... Yeah, I thought it went well. You know, for the fourth time, we learned some lessons the first uh, two or three times and kind of did some things a little differently last night, packed the place out. I think we've learned that uh, we can put that many people in here, but we need a little different configuration as far as seating and tabling and things like that. But I heard from a feng shui expert. Oh, yeah? What to do. Now, okay. And I, I think she has some really good ideas. She's a... Uh, as it turned out, I'm not going to name any names, but she was in the works in the film industry and uh, was here. So that kind of blew my mind. Oh, she was here last night? Last night, and some of this extra work they're doing, uh, ran into her on another, believe it or not, Charleston. They're filming all over. The film industry is taking off in Charleston. They're due, from what I hear, six projects in the next two years or a year. I think it's next year in 20, in the next year, there's six different projects, so there's lots wow. of work to be done on that. But she, this woman, 
knew Tommy from Blue Sphere yeah. and showed up and it so happened that I would, would knew her from she, from the uh, project they're doing over, it's called Mr. Mercedes. It's yeah, another, I've seen that show. Another show they're doing in Charleston. But she likes the place, dug it, and she goes all over the world. So she's got an idea of what's cool and what's hip and uh, has some ideas I want to throw to you and Caleb when we get the chance because I think she's on to something. Nice. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Any idea. I don't care. Right. And so, listen. The art of listening. Yeah. People have good ideas. And it's Sometimes. Good. Yes. <laughs> not all the yeah, time. Yeah, but I used to be yeah. the one who thought, like, nah, if I, I didn't come from me. Right. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. No, I, I, I've discarded things out of hand by not listening. Absolutely. I'm older and wiser. Right. Very cool. So, yeah, so we talked about the two things I want to talk about up front, <laughs> the Green Barn Jam. And that's going to be every Sunday? or is No, this... no, I think it's a monthly thing, and it, they're kind of seeing how it's going to do with all ventures like that. And uh, But anyway, I think uh, what you cannot do is the Barn Jam is such a cool thing out in Allendahl. Mm-hmm. And I realized this when I started Bumberville Amphitheater. You can't replicate exactly what's going on at the Barn Jam and Allendahl because it's a different community. And what makes Allendahl a special place is that it's a community where the same people come together and it happened organically. So when you try to embroidery a brand into a different community. That community itself, it has its own organic communal spirit. And right. so people shouldn't expect the same thing. Right. You got to figure out what draws that crowd in. Right. Versus the other one. But it's and cool. And the music, as long as the music's cool and, and people are comfortable, yeah, they're gonna, it's, it'll succeed. Right. I enjoyed it today. I mean... You know, just to take a piece from what Allendahl Green does and stuff, you know, I think uh, some permanent style seating or something that they can at least roll out for the for the shows and stuff. So, right. uh, but it's a nice grassy area. It's got, you know, bring your own chairs, bring your, uh, they sell actually sell uh, beer and stuff out there, beer and wine. So that was nice. You know, you don't have to bring your own beer. Uh, some places you can't even bring anything, you know, at the Porch right. Jam, for instance, out in Nitesville, I think yeah. uh, is alcohol free. But at least this place is selling some stuff if, yeah. if you're into that. But, um and even just the grass is nice, you know, bring a blanket, just lay out in the grass. It's a little hot, you know, if you're in the direct sunlight, but I think uh, well, depending on the day. Well, figure that out. I, you know, with the time, and you always figure that out, like, in a space like that, and it's just things you should, I probably should think up up front, like what direction is east and west, you know. Right. If you're a painter, you, you don't paint the east side of it building first thing in the morning. You work, work from west to east as the day goes on. And yeah. so they would have started like 4.30 or 5 when the barn was had a shadow cast over the grass and they and <clears> ended it right about now. It might have been perfect. Honestly. Right. Well, as we went along, you know, the, where we were sitting um, underneath that tree and just had that little patch of shade, as the day went on, that shade just got... Nicer and nicer. Nice. Yeah. Got They'll figure it out. Eddie's a smart guy. He's a... Uh, uh, and, and it's got good sound production. That's the key. On Dog Green always gives you good sound production. Yeah. I mean, as a musician, when you're on stage, 
So shout out to Preston and Brian from On Dog Green. You other guys rock too. I just don't know your names. <laughs> right. And just to finish up with that whole thing, uh, so Mike, uh, the Mike Friend Band closed that thing out tonight, and um, he's going to be here right, next month. Right here. In June studio, 15th, right? 117, yeah. If yeah. you haven't heard Mike Friend, uh, you can Google him. Oh, is that how you say it? Friend? I, I do. He'll probably, he's probably friend. Yeah. Mike and I, anyway, we got this thing going. Anyway, <laughs> Mike Frond, I'll get it right. But anyway, you Google it. It's F-R-E-U-N-D. Right. And uh, he's all over the place. He tours all around. He's like a killer guitar player. New Jersey born. Um, blues rock influence and writes really, really good songs. So I'm excited to have him in here. Right. That's the first time I've heard him with a band. You know, he's played up front here at Homegrown a couple times uh, solo. And uh, very good on his own, but together with a band was just a different level. Yeah. So I think it's, it's going to sound really good back here. I think, um, yeah. I don't know where we're going to fit him because they got like six people. And well, no, some... no, he's going to, what, what he's going to do is uh, he'll probably bring his keyboardist, his bass player, and do a lot of loop work on the loop pedal. Okay. If y'all like Graham Worley, you'll love Mike Frond, or Friend, Frond. <laughs> Friend. So he's not gonna <laughs> Can we segue into the, this beautiful uh, banner you got behind you? Because Mike Front says he's not gonna vote for me because I'm let's, mean. Let's jump right into it. Yeah, right, so so said, what, what is this thing behind us here? This is a... Uh... Well, to some people... Oh, that's you. Yeah, to some people, <laughs> I, I was informed today that it's a joke to them. And um, do I look like the kind of guy that would joke somebody about something like that? No, I mean, I'd love to have some comedians on the show, but I don't think you're that guy. I think you're pretty serious about this, right? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't um, put my name out there. And my word is my word. And when I sold the 25 candles, I said I was going to put my name on the ballot. And I um, did what you need to do as far as the ethics commission is concerned. And the paper called up and asked me if I was running. And I said, yes, I am. So it's official. I said well, I wasn't going to announce it until May 19th, but they uh, some, it went out in the paper, and then it got out in the paper again. <clears throat> and so my official press release was going to be this Wednesday, but it seems like it somehow it's catching a little bit of uh, attention. Right. So yeah, the, the some real journal scenes. What you're talking about, right? Or was Post, that Post and Courier? Post and Courier is going to. Look out. No, I mean, the one from last week was yeah, the journal scene. This Wednesday or Thursday, two days before you see this, yeah, there will be, hopefully, you'll see it before you hear this. Right. Of oh. course, we're talking about running for mayor of Somerville. That's what we're talking about. Right. You haven't gotten it so far from the, from the backdrop of what we're saying. But So, why do you want to be mayor? I don't necessarily want to be mayor, but I, I think there's a need for some... And nobody's uh, shared my vision for the that I have, and uh, and maybe if my vision doesn't resonate, I don't need to be mayor. But the reason I would run for mayor is that I love my town. I was born here. I've lived here most of my life. Um, I'll probably die here. Not sure about that, where I'll do that, but I know for sure where I'll be buried. And it'll be in this town. 
Uh, I love the people of the town, and I think that uh, not that our local government has done poorly at all. I think uh, serving the public is a pretty thankless job for the most part, but uh, if you have a desire to serve and you think you have a vision that would help the town, and I think I do have a clear vision of what we can actually achieve as a, as a town council and as a mayor, um, we, we can't fix your traffic problem because that's the state county issue. I mean, the things we can do, we can do on the margins, but, uh, and I'm not blaming those guys either. We got growth and we got to learn how to, to, to deal with that and be realistic about it. I'm not anti-development. If we didn't have development, we'd all be living in caves, you know, so that has to, change is happening. Or a different town that developed. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd leave this place. Yeah, but you just, you know, development's going to happen, and people want to move here, and you, you can't stop that. The key, and I'm not saying I have the answer to that. What I'm saying is, is that if we value community, and I do, and we as citizens of Somerville pay a hospitality tax for a cup of coffee at Coastal Coffee Roasters or when you eat breakfast at Eva's or you have a beverage at Homegrown Brew House, you're paying a tax on that and state law says the town can have half that money right off the top, which is fair, and the other half can be used for uh, any kind of uh, or things or events that would uh, bring tourism into into the city limits. The whole point is, they, you know, if you bring people in out from out of town, they're paying taxes, and you're not paying taxes. But the truth is, we pay that tax also. So what I'm asking the town council to get behind, and as a mayor, what I propose is that we spend more money out of that hospitality tax than we are now. Um, I'm hoping my figures are right here. I'm trying to recall, but I believe we took in like $4.8 million in hospitality tax last year. And this year we're spending $181,000 on organization nonprofits that that do these type of things. One of them might be, you know, like Flower Town Players gets a little bit of money, not a lot. The museum, because they have events that actually draw people into town. Right. And um, so I think the town could should raise that to like $500,000 and not necessarily make it go all to nonprofits and get it into the hands of artists and spend this money invested in art infrastructure, help public works out with what they're doing down on the corner, um, and start uh, providing their citizens with nice cultural events that they can do, participate in, or even you know go to with their families, because at the end of it all, that's what brings us joy. We, you know, spending money at, at another Starbucks or a new grocery store or the next box store in town, that's to me, I think that's what we need. The biggest change is in our hearts, you know. I think we do a lot of things, me included. We get financially insecure and we let the, the fear of money rule our hearts. 
rather than love for our neighbor and understanding that we need to, as a community, sometimes forego something for ourselves so that we better everyone else. It's called self-sacrificing. And it's been my experience. That's really the only thing that brings true joy in this world, you know? So uh, why don't we spread some joy and art all over Somerville? <clears throat> Right. That sounds good. I, I didn't ask you any questions on that. So you went into a lot of detail without any prodding, and that's great. I love it. Um, kind of gives us a, a chance to look at what your first and foremost vision is for the for the town. Is sounds like togetherness, if I wrap it all up into one word. Well, it's what, what it would take is I, if we could get together and and share in this vision, and I'm not saying that it's got to be exactly the vision that I have, but I do believe that if all the talented people we have here in Somerville, if we could just lay down, lay down and bury the hatchet or whatever, live in the moment, adapt to the present situation, forget about what happened in 2015. It's 2019 now. We have talented people artists, a lot of people moving here that can, we could be, beautify the town, find blighted spaces, have people, artists, visual artists paint them, beautify the town, and, and start enjoying the stuff and, and enjoy the essence of what life and community is about rather than, I just... Um, well, why do you think you're the guy to bring all this change about and, to, and to do that? Because nobody else is expressing that that point of view. I'm, I'm hearing people saying they're going to fix the traffic. Right. I've heard that. And um, I don't know how, how you, you know. And sometimes you can deal with the traffic if you have other stuff around you, you know, artistic stuff, music, cultural events, whatever that's distracting you from some of those things, the traffic and things like that. Just like if you go to a nice restaurant and you got a steak and it wasn't that great, but the service was phenomenal. Uh, you don't mind that so much, you know. The steak you can deal with the steak not being so great because you had great service, you know, you right. great well, great waitress, waiter, staff, whatever. Right. And the older I get, speaking of that, I would rather give somebody as a gift, take them out for a meal and enjoy their their company, rather than buy them a gift that you know. Is, I don't know. It seems like experiences. What what I look for, yeah. Better gifts and some kind. Of, you know, I'm not good at picking out gifts anyway. So right, it's something that they don't need or they don't want. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a good gift giver either, especially when there's so many damn holidays. I mean, there's some there's something every single day of the week almost that you got to buy a present for, or, right. or celebrate or do something for. You know, it gets uh, it gets a little much. But well, tell me this. I mean, you've got uh, some sort of, I mean, your name is not shady for anything, right? For nothing. I mean, you've got kind of a shady past. Are you qualified to be mayor? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, the, the mayor is, is like a council person, but he's the councilman that looks after all the districts in the town. But so in order to be a mayor, you have to... Uh, I believe be a good listener, which I am. You also have to build uh, a you know consensus about your ideas, which means 
sometimes you got to compromise. Now, I don't know why compromise has is, is disappeared from, from uh, it became a bad word some a while back. People aren't willing to compromise, but you, you well, sit down and listen. Well, I mean, I've always learned, you know, that compromise is, is not the, the best way to go because somebody loses and somebody wins, really, in a compromise. You know, a lot of people look at it, it's a win-win, but it's not really. It's a win-loss because um, the person that compromised that, is losing. Well, if people are willing to lose, that's where the sacrifice comes in. Right. And, and, I, and the compromise. I, could un- the compromise yeah. that I'm I would like about. to use sacrifice better right. than lose as well. But Right. You've got to sacri- be willing to sacrifice something for the whole. See, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Right. And I understand that. I mean, I, it's calculus is what it is. And so... One of the reasons I think I'm qualified is because I, I am a good listener. I can listen to two different people's point of view and be objective, and I am fair-handed. You know, I've been on both sides. People would say you're a flip-flopper, and not to rehash everything that's yeah. transpired in local politics. But I've always <coughs> I hate that been term, an flip-flopper. honest broker because people can change their mind. People get new information; they change their minds all the right, time. It's not I'm, flip-flopping; it's it's changing your, your mind. Being I mean, an honest broker, man, of, of, you know, when somebody points out something and you see it, regardless of who that information came from, you say, "Okay, well, I see your point." Right, and you know, and but that comes from being able to listen and not talk past people. And we gotta quit doing that. Right. We gotta listen. It doesn't. And 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 what I don't like is the dark art of the building a narrative against a person's personality. So as people will see in my campaign that I'm not going to disparage any one of the men running for mayor. Um, I don't think anybody really really wants to do it but it's out of a service and we just have different ideas of what's best for the town and um, calling people names or calling them greedy or calling them you know calling them uh, some kind of like uh, the joker or something one of the personalities they were making him out to be like he was was something mysterious because he lived in a foreign country and what were his motives. I guess questioning people's motives for why they want to be a mayor, you won't see me doing that because it's... Uh, well, it seems like, you know, for one thing, that's a weak person that's doing that. For Number two, that's a person that doesn't have a vision, that, that they're trying to... All they can do is disparage somebody else's vision uh, to make themselves look good because they don't have a vision for themselves. So if you've got a vision and you've got a positive way that you want to go, uh, talk that up. Don't talk down the person that's running against you. Or, or Right, well, it just seems like it, it was happening on both sides and I was stuck in the middle. And, yeah. And uh, when you call both sides out, you know, nobody's going to like it. Yeah. Except for the people who are in the middle, I guess. Okay. Right. Anyway. But you should be able to run and just talk about what you want to do, what you're going to do, what you're right. thinking and, to do. And build enthusiasm. And not talk about what somebody else is doing and, and bad-mouthing them. I mean, right. that's what we tell our kids to do the, the entire time they're growing up is, you know, be nice to people and treat them as you would like to be treated and whatever. But then we become adults and we don't do that. So I don't know what the problem is there, but kind of we don't practice what we preach. 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to politics, we're worse than, than the kids on a playground talking shit about each other. It's, uh, it's horrible. I mean, we've seen it here recently, just on Facebook, on social media. Yeah. It gets ugly. People get butthurt. Yeah. And they, and they take it way too serious. Well, I think it's somewhat of a... It's almost like, and I've got caught up in it before, but it's almost like if you've played video games before and you're just obsessed with the video game, you play it. Have you ever played that video game for like two or three hours? And oh, yeah, Just sure. keep getting in trying to get to a different level. Yeah. And you get an adrenaline rushes from playing the video game. A little burst of adrenaline. And I think sometimes when you get in one of those Twitter fights or feeds you, you aren't really thinking you're running on adrenaline and then you say something you regret that only because you're wanting to one up somebody and then you then you you, have, you find the humility to apologize yeah and you apologize only if you really mean it you know so that it, I don't think an immediate apology is necessary in all cases I think it's an apology that's uh, well timed and, and uh, heartfelt and thought out so an right. immediate apology is kind of like pandering yeah immediate is kind but, of uh, but I wouldn't dig my heels in if I were in a situation like that again yeah right well speaking of that totally off that subject but um, what do you think about the other candidates who, who do we got now we got uh Officially, two other people besides you have declared? Yeah, well, yes. One of them is uh, Bill Hearn. He's served on Dorchester County Council, and uh, so he's been in politics for, I think, 19 years. And then you have. I'm going to open this beer. I don't know much about him. Other than that, um, and I think his main issue is he wants to bring civility back to. Somerville, which is not. What does that even mean? So, uh, civility? civility we're, we're, get, we're not civil right now? We're animals? Well, the, no. <laughs> I mean, what, what, are we, what are we talking about? Well, Savages? I, well, they, some people might describe council meetings being zoo-like. Okay, I but gotcha. are in, um, in nature, and um, apparently, you should, uh, you might have, ought to ask Stephen Wright, his candidate. Pain communication come talk to you about what his issues are, but he, he apparently he's brought civility to county council. All right, and uh, civility is good, but it's got to be a means to an end. I mean, sure we can all be nice to each other, but uh, that's good and bad. Sometimes uh, civility is just a mask for underlying um, I mean that's and, more like control well it's um or it can be control I guess well I found like there's got to be a working, middle ground working at a church and being in church and living the life I've lived and being in, in the rooms of recovery where people are raw and emotionally Honest. Sometimes there's not a whole, a lot of civility. Sometimes there might be a lot of friction, but they work through it and they get past it. 
because they want to stay alive because they're in recovery. So they let those little things by the wayside because they get the, the big picture, you know. Whereas when I worked in a church, a lot of people were very, very civil to one another, but never worked out the underlying issues that inevitably are going to happen in any setting or situation, whether it be a, you work at the post office, you work in a school, you work in a bank, you're having different personalities come together and sometimes they don't always see things eye to eye. In a church, those confrontations never get worked out because people are being so civil that they can't right. find the emotional uh, honesty. All the eyes are on them and they're trying to just be this Christian nice uh, well, it's not the picture of... Right, they're trying to... Mm, but behind closed doors there. Well, underneath, not maybe not even behind... I don't know what people do behind closed doors. I don't right. even care, but you just know that there's an underlying yeah. thing and it always comes out, you know. Right. Okay. So that was the one candidate, right? Yeah, He's going to bring civility back. Rick, Ricky Waring, uh, a family friend and a good guy. He's um, the the ex or the former fire chief or something? Yeah, he's, he's had a life dedicated to uh, public service, and right. uh, he's running. And uh, he did stop by and said hey to me at uh, Bummerville Amphitheater on third Thursday. We got to sit and talk, and uh, it was nice, and he was... He understood that uh, I wasn't running against Ricky. I'm not running against Bill Hearn. I'm not running against uh, Mayor Johnson if he decides to get into this race, uh, which is still up in the air. Uh, I told Ricky I'm running for something, not against either one of those right. guys. And he said, I appreciate it. He said, welcome. welcome to the show. Yeah. What do you think about that? Think it was, I think, think it was genuine? Yeah, because I, I know it's genuine because, uh, like I said, we've been family friends and Ricky and his, Ricky's sister was best friends with my aunt and my aunt uh, was in need at a time when not a whole lot of people would have helped my aunt. But uh, Ricky, because of the family tie, went out on a limb for her and got her a place to live and and it was, you know, he's a, that speaks volumes to to his character to me yeah so I don't think anybody would like I said in the beginning I think anybody who's running for mayor I always believe and give people the benefit of the doubt that they're doing public service because I mean yeah I mean why why would you run it's not like they pay a bunch of money right it's not a high paying job there's not a whole lot of uh, clout going on I mean at this level you're not making a whole lot of world changes or anything so i mean it's got to be for the job right you just want to serve the public uh, hopefully I'm, I'm thinking they want want to make the town better for people you know yeah i don't think uh it's any more than than that how'd you get the nickname shady i mean we got up here shady from air well i think we talked about that in a, a former episode so the, we may have. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have, so they, they might have to tune into that one. No, that's it was true. a nickname my stepsons gave to me in the time of my life when I was shady and uh, my life's been turned around. But I do not want to shut the door on the past and forget where I came from and uh, 
it's a, a term of endearment and uh, it's kind of uh, ironic in the fact that I'm not shady at all you know right I'm, I'm honest so there's a little juxtaposition in it as well yeah but it's catchy though yeah <laughs> that's that's a good benefit yeah yeah like it people are going to remember it I think hopefully yeah well how are you going to go ahead no I said really the main thing is talking about parents teaching children I remember my grandmother used to say I mean everything I needed to learn for life my grandmother told me taught me before I was in kindergarten between her and my mom yeah that's why somehow I, I lost those lessons between fifth and seventh grade Right. But um, but that's why they're the elders, right? I mean, right, they're, they're yeah, supposed to I mean, know that stuff. But one of the things she told me, she said, Fleming, you know, if you do something with the best intentions out of the goodness of your heart and not out of a selfish reason, regardless the outcome, nothing goes void in the universe. Yeah. Everything you, you do. It, it comes, goes out there. It goes out there, and, and you might affect things in ways you don't know you know and I've had that happen before too just from teaching students that come back to you years later and say you don't know how much you did for me and I mean not be tooting my own horn I mean it's very humbling when it comes back but then it also makes you realize on the flip side of that how many students lives did I affect in a negative way because you don't do everything positively yeah you don't always hear about those either yeah yeah so yeah, it's probably a balance, just like everything is, you know, you probably got just as many negative vibes as you did positive vibes out there, but that's the balance of the world. That's the yin and yang of, of life. You know, you can't have light without the darkness, they say, right? I mean. Can't be shady without a little light. That's right. So, no. What did, uh, what, what did Eddie say today? Shady and itchy? Yeah, what he called, that's what he called you. Itchy and scratchy. Itchy something. and scratchy or something? Yeah, yeah. you and Tanner. The yeah, band. we call ourselves shifty and shady. Yeah. Tanner is shifty, man. He, that boy doesn't sit still. He's like, he, he disappeared. Yeah. Pop. Whoa. Right. But I understand what you're saying about, you know, the school teaching stuff. You know, I was in the military for 21 years, so I had a chance to grow and, and be supervisors and mentors to different people. And, yeah, people still come back to me. You know, I've been out of the military since 2013, and people still come up and reach out to me, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, email, text message, and uh, say, hey, you did this for me, or you did X, Y, Z, and I'm doing this because of you, or whatever. And same thing with the podcast. You know, I've had, um, matter of fact, a guy came out today, uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, came up to me today at the Green Barn Jam and said how much uh, one of my episodes had reached out to him and touched him and stuff, so. Cool. Yeah. That's how it starts. You know, it's a binary thing. Get two, four. Yeah. Eight, sixteen, thirty-two, right. sixty-four. Goes up in a hurry. You were a math teacher, right? <laughs> yes, I was. There's no financial benefit to being able to square numbers in your head, right? Except for an SAT test. So you kids remember, seventeen <clears throat> squared is two eighty-nine because you're going to see it on the SAT. Nice. Or the, you know, or vice versa, square. They always. Testing. I learned how to teach the test to students. I was good at it. Yeah, I'm just going with whatever you say because that's not my strong suit at all, math. But 
Well, that might be well speaking that, of math. That, that, wait a second now. Let's, okay. We were, we were going all over the place here. Yeah, we're We were answered this shady question, but I don't think I did a real good job of explaining why I might, why I believe I'm qualified to be mayor. As a math teacher, part of the deal is <clears throat> problem solving. I'm a good problem solver. I can read a word problem or look at a problem, determine the variables in the problem, and balance the equations so that you get the output that you want. And mathematics is a function. So say you have a project that you want to develop. A lot goes into that. It, you know, how is it going to affect the town? And one of the things we, we, we need to be looking at is the variables of, of water drainage. And this is one thing I'll, we'll talk more about in the future about, and this is where some people might get upset with me, and that's okay, but they don't want to draw national issues into local politics. But I think there's one issue that absolutely affects us locally that we can't turn our heads back. And I'm not talking about debating the cause of climate change, whether it's man-made or it's just a natural reoccurring phenomenon. There's evidence to suggest both. That's not the point. If we get caught up in that argument, we're going to miss, take our eye off the ball, that temperatures are rising, seawater levels are rising, and so we need to look at what's going to, how this town's going to be in the next 50 years. Absolutely. And, and having a degree in mathematics kind of helps with that being able to identify what the variables are in a problem and, and computing an output <clears throat> yeah. you would need for that. And that's up. Yeah, a lot of people will say, well, why are you going to be concerned about that? I mean, that's a world problem. You know, China produces the most uh, pollution out of anybody. And until they get on board, you know, what's us doing anything going to matter but well, it starts with us it starts with the grass you know the, the little guys and the mayors and the governors that make a small change for here and then right. well, if everybody makes that small change then it's a big change it's a cop out and i'm not saying that we necessarily need to adopt everything lee does or everything that and that's the certification process for for towns and building codes that are friendly green building codes yeah but we do need to think about well temperatures are rising and we can the data suggests that they are by mid-century a lot of we're four degrees hotter yeah which is a lot which means sea levels that will rise drainage will become a problem but the deal is what can we do to be comfortable we might not can change that but could we maybe resurface the town square now before it gets hot so that people would be able to, you know, the parking around there. There's a lot of things we can do to be more comfortable so that sure. you're not scorching hot. Right. And it's just, like I said, it's just small changes. I mean, let's look at the, you know, the phenomenon that happened, what, two, three years ago with the straws. You know, nobody wanted a straw in their, in their cup anymore. You know, get rid of straws. Don't give me a straw. The big straw movement. And a lot of people say, well, what the heck is a little tiny straw? What difference is that going to make? Well, mm -hmm. think about the amount of straws that we use on a daily basis, and then let's move on to something bigger. Let's now start uh, replacing plastic caps instead of uh, 
having plastic, we have a paper cap or something that's biodegradable. But it's something small you got to start with. You can't just change the world automatically at a snap of a finger. You got to make small changes to make big changes. Well, you know what? I didn't bring any political merchandise <clears throat> for my funding, but you just gave me a great idea, Brian. All right. You know, like plastic water bottles. Those are bad. Yeah. I need to get the Shady for Mayor logo and get some of these reusable, drinkable water so you get refilled. Yeah. And that'll be part of my merchandise so that I can remember to stay on the... Uh, <clears throat> well, on that the uh, segues right into one of my next questions. How are you going to fund your campaign? I mean, right. I know you've already talked about uh, candles. You, didn't, you mentioned candles, but you didn't really. I didn't bring got any a in. I don't. I got a couple over here. You got but. a couple over there, but <clears> I have <throat> some some stickers and some some political merchandise. Is what what it's called. So the way I, I'm going to do this is keep it simple. I'm not going to spend more than twenty five hundred dollars. And uh, on the entire on the entire campaign, who knows if I'll even raise that much? <clears> so who's keeping track of that? I have to keep track of it. And the way I'm doing it, like today, I brought in $30 out of the barn jam. But it makes it easier for a guy like me with a small staff to comply with the, the Election Commission's ethics rules where I have to, to report stuff. So if I'm just selling political merchandise, I report the political merchandise and the donors because their small donations remain anonymous. I won't be receiving any money from any, any developers or and it's nonpartisan, <coughs> so the Democratic Party or the Republican Party can't donate to me. Um, I'm just, if my message resonates, people will will buy the merchandise and they'll get out and, and help me get the vote out. All right, so what happens if you reach 2,500 bucks? You just say, no, I can't take your money, I'm not taking any more? No, I would take some more money, and then I would donate whatever's left over to uh, Public Works. Okay. The new, uh, we haven't talked about that, but <clears throat> for people who don't know, Public Works is a 501c3 that we're excited about because they uh, got the, a lease on the old post office from CBW, and they're um, going to put in some art studios and galleries and bring in some, uh, some art that uh, Somerville will will love, you know. Um, some people might not, but it'll be stuff you could really see. Some avant-garde things I, that I saw up in Lake City at Archfield was cool. Kind of like the performance <coughs> of Blue Sphere last night. People were amazed because you don't get to see that every day yeah. in Somerville or anywhere no nearby. And that's why Public Works is such a great. <coughs> idea and ties into the hospitality tax is because if we would invest and grant them money to 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 do what they need to do instead of them having to fundraise they can spend their energy actually creating and bringing the stuff together but you know when you're looking at having to raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars just to get the building up to get people into it then you're um spending a lot of energy just on <clears throat> fundraising if you can right. free those people up to do what they do best right i mean speaking of arts right i mean if you got a band that's that's up there and they've already got millions of bucks and they're living behind the hog 
they're up there playing for fun. They're having a good time. But right. if you're up there working for a living, uh, it's a different story sometimes. You, right. you don't put your full effort. Or you're putting your full effort into it, but it's right. a little, I don't know, a little watered down maybe. I mean, you can tell when somebody's having fun and enjoying what they're doing and somebody that's doing it because they have to do it. Right. And I think that's what you're saying is if we can get these guys some, some funds and let them just do their job. Yeah, yeah, and free it up. Yeah. I mean, like for the board members, yeah, so they're going to need to have put people in there. The board members have a good vision and a good team. My goodness, you know, I wish Bummerville Amphitheater had a team like that. Yeah. That's, but yeah. We're, we're small and organically growing, <clears throat> and who knows? Well, you mentioned. Um, you mentioned the museum a little while ago, so yeah. What about those guys? What do you know about the museum? I've heard they were closing. Are they not closing now? Are they no, staying I open? I mean, I is that something know. that you're interested in as a mayor? Well, I'm, I would hate to lose the museum. Now, I um, and I don't really know enough about it to to make a, a comment one way or the other. Um, right. Just as somebody's been involved in in events and and producing events and and music events that location sometimes this side of the street doesn't get the love that the other side of the street gets on third Thursday oh I know we're over here at homegrown brew house in studio 117 located at 117 South Main Street yep across the square from Little Main so I think that's part of the thing with the museum. They're not getting that, that kind of traffic, but location, location, location. Now, what could change that? And that's my thing is, is one of the location. We're in the prime location, Hutchison Square, but one side gets right. preferential treatment over the, over the Be, other. Because nothing's attracting them over here. What we need to do on this side of the street is bring the party over here and not let them worry about... They'll figure that out sooner. But if we could paint murals and artwork like they have over in Park Circle, mm-hmm. back here in this alleyway from the theater all the way down to the Ice House, like they started behind the museum, yeah. that would draw people that could walk through here. Now, Savannah does some cool stuff, too, that gets people to come in different areas. Every once in a while, they have a place where a little misty water falls on you so that you cool off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that throughout Vegas when I was out there, too. Yeah, yeah. you got to have that. I mean, if we don't start doing that, things are like the event we were at today. Come July and August, it's going to be hard for people to show up for that. Yeah. Because of health, I mean, especially... You know, sometimes the humidity and the heat's so high, it's not even safe to really go outside. Yeah. So, but when you have stuff like that that can cool your body temperature down and it doesn't get your clothes wet, just kind of mist your face and yeah, feel good. But to get people over here, we need to clean it up back here, use hospitality, hat tax money, to hire visual artists like KF Choir, Billy Wilkie, we have Paul Bailey. There's some really good talented natives, native artists that would love to paint a mural on one of these concrete walls. Oh yeah, 100%. Right, and and so 
we have the money to do it. We need to do it. And I'm not saying they wouldn't do it. Just nobody's blowing that horn. Yeah. But Shady for Mayor is. That's that's my deal. Once you did that, we could put a band on top of the on top of the old water reservoir, like the Beatles did on top of the parking garage. I think another place that we're missing out on doing some events in town is the top of the parking lot. Really? Sunset things. People could drive you. You're already parked there. You come up to the top level. There's a beautiful view up there. Yeah. And you you set up and, and do the uh, maybe Bonerville Amphitheater and craft conversations and and uh, have to come up with a parking garage event. All right. You don't have to deal with lighting. We'll figure that out. All right. You got my mind working now. You know what I mean? I, I, I had some one of the guys, that, I thought about it before too. You remember the old Beatles, uh, what is that? JoJo was a man who thought he was, a, that, that Get Back song they do on top of the building. Yeah. You could have band back here on top of this this back here and that would get people back here. I think we ought to have an event back here like, you know, in the parking lot. Yeah. I do too. Once you clean it up, you gotta clean it yeah, up. Yeah, you gotta first. clean it up. Yeah, gotta clean it up first. But that would uh, draw people into the museum. That would help me, and that all ties into helping. So we're all in this together. You gotta. You yeah, know. I mean the key is. I mean the businesses are here. They're open. The doors are open. The lights are on. But you gotta get the people here to walk into the business. So right. what's gonna bring them into downtown? And that's events. That's uh, functions. Yeah. That's activities. And it's, And here's where we need to step it up, Somerville. Okay, so everybody's caught on that live music and these events draw people in, but now they're becoming a dime a dozen. Okay, so we're gonna have to step our game up and get a higher level of performing artist in. I'm not knocking anybody, but if we can draw in some touring acts into Somerville, like we've been doing here in Studio 117, we can draw people in <clears throat> from as far away as Florence because they're not going to be able to see something like this. If we produce a mediocre product that they can get in Walterboro, St. George, Goose Creek, Monk's Corner, then why leave Monk's Corner? Yeah. I'm with you. Let's do it. Yeah. But that takes money. Yeah. And it takes venues for them to be able to perform in. And so, um, hopefully later I'm going to share my vision of what I would like to see happen after the Public Works Center is completed and we can concentrate our efforts on uh, establishing a performing arts center, and I have some ideas about that. But I want to, I want to talk to some people that have uh, <clears throat> more knowledge than me and influence, and see what they think about it. Before. Yeah. Well, what about the one at Summers Corner? Is that out of the district? That's out of uh, Dorchester no, County? No, it's for, it's it's nice and all, but it's a drive. It's a drive, and there's no. I mean, eventually they'll be dying out there, but wouldn't it be nice if we had a nice performing arts center somewhere in town where you could, you could, 
eat at Oscars and, and drive a couple blocks or walk a blocks or whatever and go to a a show that you <coughs> would see at the Performing Arts Center, all it would take is a 1,200 seat to 1,500 seat good acoustical place. Yeah, it's plenty would, of real you estate. You would have um, maybe some people like Need to Breathe would come home and do a performance you yeah. know, instead of at the Charleston Music Hall. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I mean, we would draw on the people that played the Charleston Music Hall would come to Somerville <clears throat> and people, that would eliminate their traffic problem getting into Charleston. Yeah. And uh, I have an idea about the traffic too, but uh, <clears throat> that's for a different episode. Yeah, we're going to save that for some, uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about doing some uh, Q&A events here yeah, yeah. out of Studio 117. Right, yeah. right. So well, I'd like to save that for inviting anybody to come, and I'll get the word out. I'd like, uh, like I say, I, I hope this is a, a uh, I don't think this race is going to get be real heated or nasty. I might be naive. I'm not a politician, but uh, you won't. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we we can I'll, get. I'm uh, going to be the sound of one hand clapping. Yeah. I've learned in life you don't have to take up every battle that comes your way. Right. Yeah, we get you and uh, one of the other guys in here maybe and do a Q and A and. I can mediate it, maybe, you know, yeah, kind of like absolutely. a like a CNN event or right. NBC event, whatever. Right. Yeah, that'd be absolutely. cool. Absolutely, <laughs> that'd be a good time. We will do that. Yeah. And then I'll I'll, I'll perform. Yeah, and then we'll play some music like, up front <clears throat> after we're done. All right, I'm That's down for plan. it. That's the plan. I'm down for on it. On last Wednesday of June will be our first one. Yeah. So we, we got to get get our set work together. Last, last Wednesday, Wednesday of June. Last Wednesday of June. Okay. All right. And by the way, by that time, Shifty and Shady will be playing probably every Wednesday through July. Okay. Here. No, no lady, I've been bailing on you guys because I've been stuck on set. But well, you know, speaking of that, what what is happening with the music scene here in Somerville right now? Let me well, see. Let me see where we're at time wise here. Well, we got a Beth Snap coming up on the twenty. We're, we're fifty five minutes. Right. right? Um, here at Homegrown? Yeah, that girl yeah. from Tennessee that reached out to the Homegrown Amphitheater. She's really, really good. That sounds She wanted right. to come to the listening room, but I said she had to get past the Brian Dale's. Uh, yeah, third. May 30th. Yeah, May Beth, 30th. Beth's All night. All right, so that's, that's going to And then be you're playing the night after, right. the 31st. Right, so that's going to be a good good time. Yeah. Now, I don't know what y'all have planned for next. This weekend, got Memorial Day coming up. What do you got, Paul Stone? <laughs> We got Ron Gill on Thursday and Paul Stone the fourth Friday of the month. Well, yeah, cool. So Ron Gill and then Paul Paul Stone. Ron's, Ron's two blues nights back to back. Cool, and Ron's going to have his probably the low billies or by himself. Who knows? I'm not sure. All right, well that's cool. And yeah, then, so it's a good week. Right. And, and um, then, um, I don't know what we have. We, I mean, Homegrown Brewhouse um, planned for Memorial Day weekend, but it'll be some kind of special food special or drink special or something. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, not sure. All right, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll have to figure it out. Get y'all somebody here on Saturday, on short notice in the afternoon. <clears throat> that would be good. I hear that band Afterglow is real hungry. Man, Afterglow—they're—they're they're blowing up. They're getting good, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're—they're on their way. Matter of fact, uh, Melissa was here last night. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Very cool. So what are your plans 
for the summer besides doing music here and well, elsewhere and at the amphitheater, Green Door, well, or Green going, Barn. We, we, we're going to um, next third Thursday, and I don't have the lineup yet, but... Uh, <clears throat> June, third June, Thursday. June, third Thursday. I think um, 40 Mile Detour is going to be on the square. Oh, in, in the amphitheater here? The, I mean, the, oh, yeah, the, the pavilion, square. whatever it is. And yeah. so um, I'm wondering, and I, they've hired Bummerville Amphitheater to do the sound for them. So I'm kind of going to have to figure out how to run both places at once, and I'll, I'll do it. But we're talking about having Shady's Ice Cream Social in July okay. on third Thursday when it's hot. So maybe Homegrown Brewhouse could do some beer floats on that, coordinate something. Yeah, we do beer floats and we do beer shakes as well. Right. I so, mean, we already do those. Those are already right, on the so menu. I mean, yeah. yeah, emphasize that for that third Thursday. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Call it Shady's Get in and come in out of the heat. <laughs> yeah. Shady's craft beer. Yeah. Shady shakes. Something. <clears throat> well, speaking of events and speaking of the summer, uh, I'm seriously thinking about bringing Rivercraft back this year. For 2019. Well, quit doing it, man. It was fun last year. Yeah. You might want to change it with a little cooler weather. Well, yeah, right. We're speaking of the middle of the summer, and that's when we did it last year, July 1st. Um, I'd like to push it out to, like, September. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe even late August, but yeah, September. Late, uh, yeah, that's something. And um, do it at the, uh, the Dorchester Boat Landing or Boat Club, whatever it's called. And... Uh, it's a great venue out there. It's still on the river, so we can still call it River Craft. Um, my vision is to get um, Blue Spear to, to, to headline the event. Um, I'd like to get Dan Riley out there. He, he had to miss last year because he had something else going on. I'd like to get Dan involved. Uh, I'd like to have Paul back out there, Joshua Jarman. I mean, there's a list of people that I would love to have, but um, I'd like to do the same thing we did last year, maybe have five bands. Uh, get a few vendors out there, you know, Big Cat Studios, um, Reflections Jewelry we had last year. I'd like to have them back. Um, and then breweries. You know, I've already had Oak Road Brewery reach out to me and say they're, they're ready for this year's event. They want to be involved with it since they didn't get to do it last year. So they've already contacted me ahead of time and said they want to be the, the main brewery. So uh, I've already got one guy. I uh, had somebody else reach out to me today and said they know somebody at, at Rusty Bull. That they could probably get Rusty Bull involved. So well, that's cool. I, I know a, a sound production uh, person, it's, but they have have to be able to fly their banner. Oh yeah. yeah it's, it's shady for mayor sound production. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, no. Are you gonna? I mean, are you, will you accept a, a table from a, a candidate to be one of the vendors, or would you rather keep politics out of that event? Um. I don't really care. I mean, I wouldn't even be opposed to having two different candidates. Right, right. Neither would yeah. I. No, no. I think right. it would be a good, good opportunity for the, for them to get out and meet people. Yeah. Look here. I mean, regardless of who wins. I mean, it's, it would be an event for the people. So if, if the people right. want to have I'd some political you. aspects out there, then, you know, I'll let people vote on that. or, or Speaking of that. Speak up. But. One of the candidates for uh, county council, Matthew Cole, was here last night for the studio 117 show with blue sphere i could i said cool 
met him. I, he goes, you running for mayor out here? I said, yes. I, I watched you. It sounds like I, we've got a lot of spies going around is what's happening. People are checking you out. Are they? It seems like it. I mean, that that's a good thing. That means people are kind of antsy about it. They're, they're, they're worried. Or else they wouldn't be checking you out. I think. I don't know. Am I speaking out of turn? Well, I out don't of know. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to start any conspiracy theories. No. No, I no. mean. Well, I just think they, made, they aren't spying on me. That's kind of a Not strong, spying, but I mean, people word. wouldn't be coming inquiring if they. Well, if that means they're interested. I mean. If, who, um, if they weren't maybe a little, a little worried. There's nothing to be worried about. Competition. Competition's a good thing. I thought we lived in a capitalist society. <clears throat> no, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're like checking out the competition. Uh, if you weren't competition to them, they uh, wouldn't be checking you out. Oh. Uh, and come and asking questions, I think. Well, no, I mean, it was just like a friendly. I haven't, like, it's, you know what makes me, not that it's, it's funny you say that because at church today, I met Bill McIntosh, and I know these people from Facebook, and I don't, you know, wouldn't have known him from Adam and never met him before, and he's on town council, you know, and I'm like uh, saying, wow, this is a coincidence, but is it a coincidence, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you watch sports and stuff. I mean, you wouldn't have a, a, a baseball scout going out to scout somebody if they weren't interested in them, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like these guys are, like, scouting you out, oh, so watching I, you, taking a look, I, seeing I what's going be on. Well, they just tune in to crack so. conversations if they want to see that. <laughs> right. Say but, no, I think Matthew actually had a good time at, at the show, man. He seemed to be enjoying it, man. Yeah. He was like, man, if you could get more of this stuff going on in Square, yeah. we need to have, have music there every – well, we got to be realistic about how much music we can have on the square, <clears throat> and you know, I want to raise the bar on on the uh, talent. You know, get money to get some talent in there. Right. Well, let's think about it real quick. So, in the town of Somerville proper, right now, uh, on a week, on a standard week, where can you catch live music? On a standard week, I mean, we know here Thursday and Friday nights. Eight to ten, homegrown brew house. No, that's not an easy question to answer. Live music that I would want to <clears throat> see, or live music. There's live music. Well, in a lot of places. I just say live music because you, what you would want to go see, is something different than what somebody else would well, want to see. So let's talk let's, about all of it. What I would like is not so much. It's the environment that I want to go see it in. Like I enjoy. Shows at Coastal Coffee Roasters mm-hmm. because on a Saturday night, depending who's playing, I'll go because you know you're going to be able to listen. I mean, and, and enjoy <clears> the show. Right. Montrose on a Monday nights. Well, let's go back. So, Coastal Coffee, they do an open mic every Thursday. Uh, one night is hosted by uh, Joshua Jarman. Right. Another night, Chris, Chris Rankin is still doing right. the, yeah, the, that, the other night. Yeah. And then they have. Uh, actual bands on Friday and Saturday night. Right, so I right, just want to make sure I'm, I get yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, they're, they're doing music at Coastal. And, uh, you know, I've, I enjoy original music, so I'm kind of yeah. like Homegrown Brew House is my, and I'm just saying that because I'm sitting in here and it's just my favorite place for music in summer. Um, but Montrose, yeah. on Monday night, you can go in there and listen. 
on the weekends. I'm not knocking them because they, their business model. <clears throat> and Monday is normally a blues night, right? Blues Isn't that night, right? yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, the business model is not for guys like me. No. So. Or me. You know, I mean, or, at or middle age. I really want, want to listen to live music and monjos. You know, I'm kind of. I lived in Mount Pleasant in my 20s and I'm kind of over it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that part of it. And, uh. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that. No, because no, no, other no, part of your constituents that might be in their 20s and 30s, right, yeah, that that that's really where they want to go. I love that, and that's cool, but when I go to listen to music, I want to listen. Yeah. You know? I want to listen. And right, I hear hence the listening. the essence of what, what the artist is trying to portray, and so I don't like a lot of cover music. I mean, I, I, sometimes you hear that. And as a performer, I haven't... I'm getting to the point now that uh, I don't even want to perform in a place where I'm a live jukebox, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you, you you push through that and you do it, but it's like this is a nice place to play. I mean, I, I want to play places that there's some places like whenever I play with the guys from On Dog Green. Their sound production people, those whole those whole people, that whole mindset. It's an enjoyable time, and you have fun. Yeah. Sometimes. And that's uh, what it should be all about. Right, and sometimes they put you. Businesses want live music, and they put you in a place where you feel like you're intruding on somebody's dinner by even playing. You know, and it's just not the right. So. Yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, Joshua Jarman, I've mentioned him a few times now tonight, but he plays uh, every Monday night over at the Ice House. Right. And I've been in there. I go over and watch him quite often from 6 to 9 on Monday nights downstairs at the Ice House. And um, I'll be sitting there eating dinner, and you'll have, I'm not picking on the older people, but the older crowd, um, you know, Joshua will say something, you know, is my sound okay? Is, my, is the 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 volume too high or too low or whatever. And I'll see people, you know, saying, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. Because like you said, it's a dinner place. People are trying to eat dinner. They don't want to be bothered by music or whatever. And he's not even playing loud, but yeah, well, that's some people are just management. Josh was just trying to scrape out a living. And yeah. I understand it. But to and your point, it's he, not a listening room. The people are there to eat dinner. That's background music. Yeah. The older he gets, I, there were times when I would just play harmonica and the guitar and not even try to even and that seemed to work that's really all they want so you're just music and that's uh, yeah gotta do what you gotta do you know right but speaking of that that's another venue ice house on monday nights um cup of mana right and the food truck rodeo every sunday back it, there I, where's that behind the ice house i've been to that a couple times oh i've never done that butch plays Okay. And then he lets uh, the guy from Band of Brothers comes in and sits in every once in a while. And Casey or Matt? Matt, I think. The yeah. one that comes here. That I saw here last time. They probably both come here, right? Yeah, they've both been in here. Yeah. But anyway. Cool. What else? Let's see. So I'm playing here on 31st, playing 24th at the Mixing Club in North Charleston. Uh, I'm taking a break from music and uh, been working with Danielle Howe on uh, finding a studio to to record my next album. 
that I'm going to release after all. I don't know. They say November is a bad time to release it, so I might release it before the, <laughs> before the campaign. Another thing we're doing is uh, recording this whole thing, and a, a girl named Diana DeVito. Hmm. Diana DeVito, not Danny DeVito, but DeVito is her last name. She's a photography major at Winthrop University and is. Uh, we're working together and she's going to edit the uh, documentary on this camp, historic campaign. Very and, cool. and also, yeah, we're going to be interviewing people in town, anybody who's willing to, to sign an NDA right. and realize that uh, this is for a college project and there's no, no payment or royalties involved in it. That's you awesome. Got, you got your permission to do it. Yeah, and it's so it's what's cool about this whole campaign. I hope people will enjoy it. Is that as an artist and a performer, I can see that politics is optics and performance art in itself. So the campaign is art. The uh, communications, the banners, are going to involve art. The campaign is centered on a central issue is art and cultural infrastructure and the people involved in it are having fun we're going to create art out of the whole campaign and just uh, have a good time and hopefully bring people together and and uh, share a vision that resonates with the voters right and who knows you might have mayor shady Quite the possibly. Mayor. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, one last thing, I think. Well, maybe. I don't know. Depends on how long you want to sit here. But so we know that we have the mayor and then we have a council, right? And it's right now it's a it's, it's more strong on the mayor side or the council side. I mean, how's that all work? Well, and it's, it's not strong. What, what it is. And, and um, see, we had a referendum two years ago about whether we wanted and the way they describe it is strong mayor. Yeah, that's or, what I was trying to or, say. Or weak mayor. And that's right. not really what it is. It's council form or mayor form. Mm -hmm. Okay, we showed council form of government where the mayor has no more executive power than any other council member other than he conducts the council meetings and he's responsible to all the voters throughout town limits whereas a council person is only responsible for the neighborhoods within their district okay so in that form of government you work as a team and so that's why it's important to be able it's okay to have friction when you're eyeing and working out on something that happens in bands it happens when you're producing anything the key is the final product so if we could quit getting caught up in, in the minutiae of the political fights that go on sometimes right? and look to the bigger picture and what, what it'll take is... <clears throat> and that's where you're talking about, that compromise. I mean, you re right, right. you'd right. rather have a win-win situation where everybody wins, right. but sometimes you got to compromise and well, you might have to compromise, they might have to compromise. Well, see, the kind of thing, arguments we get into sometimes over here, suppose, let's just suppose, let's dream big for a second. 
suppose we wanted to put a performing arts center in the space where the boutique hotel was. Okay. All right, and I have this concept. And I want to call it the Gus Moody Performing Arts Center. Gus Moody was a beloved band member. There's going to be some people that don't want to call it that. Okay. Would I give up the whole project because they wouldn't call it what I wanted to call it? Right. Because it didn't have an awning the way I wanted to do it or it was too big? Right. That's just somebody seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. You got it. You got the end. What we're worried about is the end goal. Right. They're going to, there's going to be friction. So civility is good. Civility is the, the lubricant to reconciliation. And I do believe we need some reconciliation between people on council that have had opposing viewpoints in the past if we're going to move forward. Right. Okay, or otherwise we'll be caught in the, doesn't matter who's the mayor is. And that's where I think I'm in a unique position because I've been fair-handed. And people know me in this town. They know I've lived here most of my life. I love this town. And yet, when an outsider comes in and speaks to you, I'm not necessarily going to join with the natives if somebody from a different part of the country comes in here and has an idea that I believe works and, and they're their intentions and motives are true. You know, I'm, right, I mean, I'm sometimes not, not an outside it. eye is better anyways for a right, lot, for a lot of times. A set so. of eyes is what we need. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm not disparaging anybody on council for what they do for a living. But I think diversity is important. We already have two lawyers on council. I don't think we need a third lawyer on council. Right. All right, and, and that's... I think I would agree. Okay, so that, that, that would be the only thing, and that's not a criticism of Mr. Hearn, it's just the reality of what he does for a living. So right, just happens to be right, what he does. If yeah. yeah, if we're going to build a team to move this town forward, we need diversity. It's like you wouldn't win the Super Bowl with 12 good quarterbacks and no line. Yeah. Or no running gotta have a diverse Everybody's got to have a different gift they bring to the table. Sure. And that's where I think I'm unique and, and should be an alternate alternative for voters in Somerville to choose from. Right. Well, to piggyback off of that question, so, you know, I know we got President Trump in office and he's just firing and hiring people left and right. Do, do you have that, would you have that same ability as a mayor or is or all the the council members elected? I mean, are you yeah, able to yeah. fire and hire people no, to fit no, no, your no. cabinet type thing? Or no, no, no. you get what you get. You work with the council and and, and the, I actually kind of <clears> like it, even though I voted against it. Now that I see that, you know, if it were the other way around, I wouldn't be running for mayor. If it was a, where I had to, the responsibility of putting the cabinet together and hiring, firing. Yeah. I'm thankful for the employees we have in town. Whether, I know. So you got to figure out who's best, what, what somebody's guys, strengths are, or whatever, and work Les with Cornell, them. I think they all do a good job. Yeah. Now, and I don't think it's my job as a, <clears throat> as the mayor to micromanage them. Now, if there comes a situation where their well, there's a difference between micromanagement and leadership. Right, but right, it's not the mayor's job to do that. Now, if their performance comes into question, that that's a question the council together 
decides on, and it really would be up to the, the only person. I think the town administrator is the one who hires and fires, and the town administrator is responsible to the council. So, the, you know, that's the way that works. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? And I think, uh, I think they did a good job. They did a great job on Hutchinson Square. Okay. I mean, there's a little, there's always going to be kinks, like the fountain. <clears throat> we all kind of agree that it, maybe the flow is a little strong. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, those things take I, time. I tell you, and it's the, the most photographed thing in Somerville right now, right. I'll tell you and that. The, yeah, and the other thing is it takes money, too, to do these things. So that's the hospitality tax. They built, built the square. It's going to cost money to maintain. Yeah. Every, that's our infrastructure. Helping the, the square. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, no, it's not about hiring and firing people. It's about... Um, Working with people you got. It's about uh, sharing a vision with people and uh, trying to communicate in a manner in which it resonates with them and they buy into the vision and then we... Word I was about to use. You got to get them to buy in. Buy in. And it's not really selling them no, on no, a... No, no, no. They got to believe in the vision and... and and if they don't, sometimes the vision has to change, right? Well, maybe it's not the right vision. Yeah. And see, that's where, I, you know, I don't can't attach my ego to this. I just think I have something. It's out of you the bring some ideas to the table, and, and you discuss that them. That I think would actually help the common good and the welfare of the people. Yeah. All right. So that's where we're at, and I think I did better at this one than the ones before, because I've. Uh, not quite as tired. The last time we did one, it was like one o'clock, and I played maybe a six-hour gig or something. Yeah, it was um, late. But yeah. thank you, Brian. And the other thing is, is I think I got some video I could send to you from me at the barn jam if you wanted to include that. Since I'm not going to do a live performance. I'm just burned out. Maybe. You can oh yeah, no problem. I'll and send that to you. <clears throat> I tell you what, I was going to do with this episode. Not just saying it now. I've already decided on it about a week ago. Is uh. The intro music that you had done for this podcast, that's going to be the intro and outro for this uh, episode. So, well, thank you. That'd be yeah, fine. So we're going to put that on there. Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be good. Any last thoughts for the audience? Yes. Studio 117, if you haven't been there, come out in June and hear Mike Friend. Um, July the 6th, Robert Lighthouse returns. He'll be our first return artist from Sweden right Google Robert Lighthouse you want to be here July 6th absolutely July 20th it's uh, George Fox George Allen Fox and all you Somerville peeps that love 40 mile detour you gonna catch them in the listening room August 17th August, August 17th so that's kind of where we're at and then it's back to David Dunning the, re- and the return of David Dunning September 21st Danielle Howe in October October 19th and we're probably going to squeeze in another <coughs> Blue Sphere show in August once we set that date. Cool. And um, maybe a special guest from California in October that's traveling through. Um, got to talk to Caleb about that and confirm her. I'd love to get her. Her name's Jill Knight. Google Jill Knight. Great songwriter, originally from Tybee Island, Georgia, I believe. But uh, made her and moved made out to California. Out, made it out in California comes through and tours through here about once every every year or so so a good chance to get her in here awesome sounds good man we got a lot going on a lot coming up you got it so 
Stay tuned to Bummerville.com for all your music info. Stay tuned to ShadyForMayor.com. ShadyForMayor. We're going to get our, our platform up on there. It's kind of... Uh, right. It's like a little intro up there right it's now. It's just but. About, about... And I, uh, I'm not seeking any endorsements, but we might have some celebrity endorsements come our way. Okay. But no political endorsements. I don't think anybody wants to... to uh, risk their brand on Shady for Mayor at this point. Right, well, yeah, we've seen yeah. what happens with risking your brand. Uh, we'll, can do, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens come, come October. But anyway, it's going to be fun and interesting and uh, peace and love to you all. Yeah, absolutely. Fleming, I appreciate it, man. Peace, man. Guys, we'll talk to you soon. and garden all are welcome here we're gonna have a craft conversation please lend us an ear come on and join the circle no beginning or end We're gonna have a craft conversation Here among friends Come on y'all, join the party There's no judgment in here Conversation, we're talking about.